Well, I figure um, we'll we'll jump into it. I feel like our last podcast, you probably don't remember it quite a bit because it was a while ago. It was a while. I think I, we went more of kind of almost like a storytelling formal approach. And I kind of want to just do like a like a bro to bro kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I think it was I don't I think it was more of just like our own podcast insecurities on figuring out how to do this. But I figured today we'd talk about picking a niche and becoming an expert in it. I think what I mean by that is like if you're starting your own agency or starting whatever your business you're trying to start, like really focus in on a specific niche just because the market this day these days for everything is just so oversaturated for generic services. And I think the uh, the biggest thing I noticed that I, this is I think I, I think I did mention this in the last episode where I was like I I did break down before I, when I was a young lad and. Burge is one of those terrible Ty Lopez courses. Yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember that the only one, there's only one thing that I took from that that was actually uh, representative of our success today. And that was that I niched down and I was just going to be like any local business out there that I could, you know, help do some local marketing for or local SEO or digital marketing. But then I was like, you know, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try the niche thing. That makes sense. When we worked at MUD, they just did automotive and agriculture. So like they were very niche there. So um, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go too narrow. Let's go to like contractors, like construction and contractors. And then I gave it a little bit more thought and was like, nah, I think I'm going to go all in. I mean, the worst thing I can do is expand, right? Like say, this is too narrow. Let's, let's open it up. I think you look weaker if you start really broad and then narrow in. Yeah, that's when I, I just focused on landscaping and lawn care businesses but then it was it was also in there it said uh like this is how you get engaged with that community like how you get known is like find the forums find like the the popular twitter threads or the the users and then just like literally engage with them but part of that was also like gary uh gary v who i can't stand but he his book in crushing it and crush it talked about the same thing like being like soup like hyper focused on your niche and then like being kind of that industry person for that uh that's what i did engage in like the the lawn site forums and just but i took a different approach like i didn't solicit or do anything i just answered questions and it turned out for me but yeah i was i don't know if you did you have any experience with niching when you were doing your own thing i can't remember if we talked about this but we'll cover it again yeah i mean as far as freelancing no (laughs) um but also i mean I, i just mostly rely and trust you entirely when it comes to that sort of thing because it's, it's not my strength and it's not something i wait want. what acquisition oh, in general like getting clients mm-hmm. ah. yeah i mean i i see i agree and i see the benefit of niching down it works people used to ask me my opinion on it too and i used to just be like i don't know man i, I don't really care i don't i probably don't have one way or the other but I, i've seen enough examples now of other people who it has worked for in more than one way. Like one, the one example I, I mentioned to it, uh, it to you before was the ice fishing podcast guys, Ben oh, and Brett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They told me they wanted to do ice fishing. And I was like, uh, okay. 
cool. Like, no, really cool. No doubt. Why not just do fishing? They're like, ah, you know, there's more than enough guys already doing fishing podcasts, but nobody's doing ice fishing. And they've seen growth, like good, healthy growth. Um, and then later on, if they wanted to expand beyond that, their audience isn't going to be entirely shocked or surprised. And they've already built this base of very loyal uh, followers. And yeah, I think it's pretty pretty much across the board. And again, not not my personal experience with it because that's not really what I was doing at the time, but other people. But yeah, I mean, so for myself though, too, just making um, like a niche site, if you're trying to do organic, to be an organic affiliate, SEO affiliate, that sort of thing, that's, that's all about building a, a niche site anyway, making it rank and then affiliating from there. But I guess what I do see is when people go bigger, it's because they've already had experience that they can build off of, or they have a team that they can work with, especially if it's a small solo team, it'd be very hard. I'm thinking media agencies, people who are into news arbitrage, that sort of thing, um, which I don't want to touch. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think like a big thing with niching down too is just like knowing the industry. If you don't niche down and you start collecting clients from every industry and from every corner of the world, you have to basically reinvent the marketing every time you go to market. None of your ads are going to start off well, and everything is going to take time to optimize. Additionally, you have to you have to learn the vernacular. I can't tell you how many times that we have taken over a site or taken on a new client in our niche, and they're like, well, we hired a uh, uh, another marketing company who is kind of medium-sized or, you know, they have a couple offices and they kind of do everything, but they kept putting like weird pictures on our site of like right. some grandpa pushing a mower. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that kind of comes with the territory of knowing the niche and like knowing the terminology to put down. Like you don't put lawn mowing services. Like it's not something that a professional lawn mowing company or lawn care company would have. They would have lawn care, lawn maintenance, you know, these programs and when clients are seeking an agency like that or a partner, they, they're really paying attention to that. I, I can't tell you, Cody, I never tell you a lot of the stuff that gets said on sales calls that I'm on. The amount of guys that are just like, yeah, I, I found you guys. I really like that you really focus on the landscaping and lawn care industry because it just feels like so many people have been burnt on working with a marketing agency where their account just kind of gets turned over to like a junior member. And the, uh -huh. that person doesn't like they come in at, at 9 a.m. and they clock out at 5 and they don't do any industry like deep dives or understand the industry culture or anything and when our entire agency is focused on that we one are surrounded by it every single day and two can't afford to not understand it it just goes to show that there's a lot of value in letting your specific clients know that you know this industry and you really have almost run into i guess we have run into almost every scenario there's going to be tons that we run into that are new but we have a like a, a vault of scenarios that we can pull from experiences on from other clients and say, you know, if a client has a problem with something specific, we're like, oh, well, we've actually witnessed that in another client's account um, over here because this is still relevant industry. Yeah, I think it's it's a little dumb and generic to say, but like knowing your value prop um, and not not even as simple as what is your niche, but okay, what what is the angle that you're selling about your agency to? Like we done numbers and the math to know that we are cost effective uh, for people based on the type of service that we offer. We, we get emails back, just like the one we got today of guys who are saying like, yeah, this is working and this is oh, yeah. cost efficient for me. Yeah. 
Um, Literally analyzed his sales numbers versus like how his clients heard of him. Uh, right. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Our actually, actually, our next two topics are literally uh, focus on what works and then pricing your services. So it's a good segue for sure. Yeah. I don't want to go too far into it, but the only reason I bring it up is because so there are those like boutique agencies that their whole angle is we're local, we customize, and we're expensive. <laughs> and <laughs> the base camp um, agencies, because base camp isn't scalable, right? So you have to, every every project is a brand new one. Yeah. And it's not us. That's that's not our angle, but it is one. And if it works for people, like who am I to tell them that their business model is wrong? It's not my personality style, that's for sure. So mm-hmm. like I I don't want to tell people go do that unless they're the ones telling me this is what I want to do. And I'm like, Well, hey, if you, you got the plan, go for it. It's only our second podcast. I wonder what percentage our our second podcast, we haven't posted the first one yet either, but I wonder what percentage of our listeners are going to be like boutique type agencies versus like the scale, the scalable agencies that we kind of mm-hmm. went after. Cause the I, uh, big ones. yeah, because I mean, like Cody said, like if you're a boutique agency and you want to take on like these local projects that are, are bigger in scale and, and a lot more multifaceted with, you know, digital and print and maybe organize their trade shows or, or their trade show materials or whatever. That's great. That's a little bit above my head. That's more than I want to do for sure. That's kind of why we went the digital marketing route. So I, I, I would imagine that most of our listeners are going to be the digital route. I feel like most of our listeners have at one point almost bought a paid course from an influencer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. Like that's um, great. That's if you if you if you did that and you ended up here and you're still listening after ten episodes, that means we're doing our job and getting you <laughs> to not pay any more of those influencers. That's good. <laughs> I was going to say too, though, about niching down. So you can you can niche down in a vertical, but you can also niche down in a service. The people that I know that do that tend to already have several years of experience in agency or in some sort of setting where they've done it and they know that they can build on a network of people that they can offer this very specific service and do it enough to make a business out of it. I think that's a different business model in that those people aren't trying to build massive teams. They're not trying to build a big business that they're going to sell. It's usually I either I want to be a high ticket consultant, which is fine. It's I charge a lot for this service because I'm good at it. And I just want to make a lot of money by myself being like a solopreneur. Or I'm going to make a very small, small team and kind of max out what we can with it. Usually they don't have the the dream of you know, I want this to be 50 people, 100 people. I'm going to build it, sell it, buy the yacht, you know, do the Caribbean. <laughs> I, yeah, there's, it's like kind of twofold though, because like on one hand, you, I mean, our ultimate goal is make a bunch of money and retire, not even retire, just move on to other ventures. But, but if that's like all you're in it for, like I want to make a bunch of money and then that's it, then I, I think your dream kind of ends there because there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap you've got to deal with along the way that it's going to make you want to give up and make the money not seem worth it because anybody can go out there, especially learning the skills that you learn, doing your own thing and build it. You know, if you don't have confidence before and you're, you're gaining confidence with sales calls, any one of you guys can go out there and get a hundred thousand dollar job and be cush, you know, in 10 years, I'm sure hundred thousand will be more like 160,000. But at this rate, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why I decided to do this one is I, I stopped being able to want to go into work at 8 a.m. for somebody else. And I don't wear that as like a badge of honor. I kind of think think of that almost as kind of pathetic because I'm like, oh, I can't even like, I have to have my own schedule because I'm just such a diva. <laughs> no, that, that's a, 
it's a real thing. Yeah. But, you know. Just how I want to live my life. And, like, that's one of the main reasons why I started Evergrow, aside from the fact that I was grossly in debt and I needed something to help pay off that. <laughs> but I I did, you know, I, I wanted to grow. I was reluctant to bring you on because <laughs> I had an ego thing. And I was like, this, I want this to be mine. But then you, yeah, you were like, I think I talked, I think we talked about this in the last episode, but you were like, well, what do you want to, do you want to make money or do you want to own your own business? And I'm like, well, I want to make a lot of money. And you're like, well, this is how to do it. <laughs> I, I, I've noticed that a lot of people are failing the niche thing though. Like they forget or they just, or they go too broad. We had a, we have, we have currently a competitor and maybe he'll listen to it, but I'm not going to name him. Uh, he had an agency that is, I'm, I, I am the worst at spilling things. So I'm trying, I'm talking slowly. So I don't like name names. Um, he had an agency that did everything mostly with like contract related stuff, but also didn't niche down on services, which we'll talk about in the next, in the next podcast. And, um, then uh i think he was a competitor uh similar to that like we he bled over into the the green industry as we call it the landscaping and lawn care industry mostly active in just these social media forums just the facebook forums he bled over a lot into that and he did great design work i don't know if he, he i think he outsourced it I, I i gotta be honest i think it's and he has a really good artist he met on fiverr and he outsources a lot of it but then kind of out of nowhere in 2020 or 2021 uh, it might've been 21. They rebranded completely from his old agency name to a green industry business name. And it was like literally like keywords in their business name relating to the landscaping industry uh, or the green industry, rather their colors changed to green. Everything went landscaping and lawn care focused. I was kind of like, man, you're just like two years too late. Because we, that's where we started. At this time, we had, I had already written for Turf Magazine, Green Industry Pros, Lawn and Landscape. Cody just got published in Landscape Management. And like so we we're already in like big industry, like landscaping publications. His client base is pretty much all social media. So that's one of those things where I think that he went too broad and tried to get as much as he possibly could. Got Basically got a little greedy. But then it turned out that only one industry was actually delivering which was the landscaping one because he put maybe more emphasis into that and narrowed it down. And I can't tell, maybe it seems to be working. I don't know. I don't know any of us, but they're doubling down on it. However, I did notice that they did not niche down on their services. They're still, they're still running the gambit of services. And when it comes to the services too, I guess we talk about it more later, but uh, I do want to say early that we realized partly too, that you do have to offer more than you might initially think. Like we've, we've taken on a lot that we really want to because we realized it was easier if we did than not doing it and like so i've i've learned so much about emails <laughs> i swear if i left this i could go i could go be a systems engineer or something like a, a it guy uh just with how much crap i've had to learn about how emails work and email routing and that sort of thing and then that was you know we never intended to include that or offer that sort of thing in our services but it, it became enough of a problem that we had to learn it so there's definitely from a sales angle too it's important to know how you're positioning your services but it, it can be hard to find the right clients if your services are poorly defined or not too niche if you're if you're already niching down with your clientele but you're niching down with your services too you're making a very small um audience that you're trying to get a hold of that's, really, that's a really good point too. Like I think when I started out with Evergrow before you came on board, 
it was like landscaping digital marketing, but it was, and this is also um, kind of bleeds into the next episode that we'll dive deeper into, but it was SEO, Google ads, Twitter ads, Facebook ads. And, and it was just kind of like, I wanted everyone to know that I did everything digital. Like even, I even had email there. I don't know anything about email marketing, at least not yet. I, I, I am, am very confident that we're going to do a deep dive into email marketing and, and that may be a service in the future. But we focus down on, on what works. And what I mean by that is most uh, uh, clients who are searching for your services don't know what they want. They want digital marketing and usually it's as broad as social media <laughs> like whatever that means interpret that however you want so we we designed our website very much like that you know we were like we optimized the the website for digital marketing uh, or landscape company marketing digital marketing for landscape companies yeah we dominate just landscape marketing and lawn care marketing so even digital okay, that's, yeah that's, that's well, the crazy yeah. thing well that's the great thing though i mean that's knowing your long tail keywords like you have a long tail keyword that you can optimize for and then you optimize for digital marketing for landscaping companies, and then you're also optimizing for marketing for landscape companies. But when you get to our site, it's very apparent that we don't do flyers. We don't do you know traditional billboard stuff. But it was funny because when I, I when I built the site and I I did a lot of the our blog original blog posts and SEO, I wasn't even thinking about ranking for anything in particular. All, all I was doing was just like answering questions and I see in the landscaping community because I got tired of re-answering them on forums. And so instead, I was like, I'll just answer them in a blog post and then I'll just link someone to the post, which, by the way, is super effective for getting clients. So effective. And it's never the person that you're responding to. It's always somebody reading the comments. Uh, we, we'll probably cover that in another episode. That That's huge. Actually, episode six, we'll talk about that. I have a little cheat sheet. Um, I started asking people how they heard of us when they called us. Um, and a lot of them just said, I just Googled landscaping marketing company and i'm like my first thought was people actually search that like like <laughs> what what possessed you to, to be that specific in your search for a marketing company and and what it came down to was earlier when i was talking about is uh, people work with a lot of marketing companies in the past that don't have niche experience and they get tired of it they want to find someone who focuses in the landscaping and now we have competitors in that field but they're not in Turf Magazine. They're not in Green Industry Pros Magazine. And we get that link equity. And so we show up first. And, you know, we're also able to have on our website fee as featured in these industry publications. For 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 what it's worth, it, link to the actual article when you say it's featured in. Because we, we all know if you're featured on NBC, Fox, all that stuff, you, you, bu- you bought all those. We know that. <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> or, or you can self-publish, you know. Or you just sign up and then... Oh yeah, I'm. I'm well, it's harder here, on like but... it's harder on like Forbes. Like you can find those companies that like you can pay them like a grand or two grand, and like they'll put you on like Forbes. I guess it's different. Years ago, you could they they had like user submitted stuff. A lot of the sites where mm-hmm. all you had to do was sign up, like for BuzzFeed, people would be like featured on BuzzFeed, but you just signed up and wrote something yourself. <laughs> I think if <laughs> I think in today's age, if you're featured on a BuzzFeed, you should hide that. Like you should try to like <laughs> scrub the internet from that. Um, yeah, I don't know if BuzzFeed still. Uh, you know, I've heard rumors well that like, they're not a thing anymore. Are they not a thing? No, well, they're a thing. Oh, they're still a thing. Oh, I don't know. That's how but much I don't follow them. Dominating for a while. Yeah, they were. Wow, that's sad. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> but I think if we 
can make this a little shorter episode. We can kind of wrap this up because there isn't much to say than just just niche down, guys. Find a niche and and stick to it if you want to really grow your agency from the ground up. I mean, you can, like Cody said earlier, you can be a boutique agency, but you've got to do a lot more legwork. You've got to do knock door knocking, things like that. It's harder. It's a lot harder to rank for SEO, digital marketing, marketing. It's almost impossible at this rate to rank for those coming in as a new business. But I'll tell you what's not impossible to rank for, and that's going to be plumbing plumbing marketing companies. Or uh, what's another one? I, I'm, I'm just blanking on literally everything. Just pick uh, it. Just yeah. pick your niche. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> marketing company for delivery companies. Like, you know, whatever your niche is, it's, it's going to be way easier to rank for those keywords, and people will search them. Um, you know, it might not be a lot of volume. Maybe you should do some keyword research first, but you get the point there. I had another point, too, about niching down. I can't remember what it was. You just I could take over for a second. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'd say you bring it back further too. Uh, who it, it depends on who's listening to this. I think uh, you can generally put people into two categories. With this sort of thing you have just entrepreneurs, and I don't want to rip so, on entrepreneurs. Launch, like they want to be an entrepreneur. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like they, they they genuinely like they want it so bad, but they like doing everything except for the work. Like they, oh yeah, they want to be they, the CEO. They, yeah, CEO they're, they're here. more in love with the idea of I run a business. Look at me, I'm so cool. Um, and I think you can transition out of that. I don't. Some people stay there forever, no doubt. That's that's a thing. But like, I used to be more obsessed with the idea, and I was like, no, I just want to live like this. I want this lifestyle. And then you go along, and the further you get, the less you care about that. The more you just care about the business and making a good business and making a, a legitimate operation. Um, and you can transition more into that. And then you have just people who are extremely smart, just brilliant. So nobody, and nobody so here. smart. No, nobody here. <laughs> Not us. That's for sure. Um, people who are so smart that they get ahead of themselves and they never start because they just keep constantly worrying about, well, what about this? I need to figure this out. And I mean, I'm more cautious and slower in operation than probably you. And that's why when Jake, when you do sales and stuff, it works so much better than having me like clients will ask me questions. And I I'll say too often, I don't know, I need to talk to Jake or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what they, what they need is someone to give them a competent answer. It's just the truth. And that helps. Maybe, but, we, we, maybe we can talk about like objections and not knowing what to say with certain client stuff in another episode. That's, I don't know. I don't yeah. have that written down, but that's good. It's true. But so I guess my point would be just get one client. Just don't just stop thinking about the big agency. Stop thinking about uh, how to figure those things out because you don't have one client. yet. Just get one client and maybe your one client determines your niche. Maybe you don't have to figure out your niche first. You just got to get one client. Maybe you get that client and you little. hate that niche. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yep. I can't tell you how many business owners that I know who do not care about what what niche they're in. Not that they hate it. They're just indifferent. It's you need you need to solve problems. You need a market that has demand and that justifies the viability of your business. You don't have to love it. You can't hate it. You can't like hate it with a deep passion. But if as long as you're okay with it, you can learn to like it. Uh, I'm a believer in that you learn to fight the things that you're good at or become good at. It's not the the follow your passion. It's the your passion becomes what you're good at. 
nuts. <laughs> it's cyclical. <laughs> it feeds itself. I wasn't big. I wasn't really passionate in the landscaping industry. I'm still not. I don't still, still don't consider myself passionate, but I'm very involved and I know a lot about it. And I like I like it. Um, there, I will say back to your uh, real quick back to your point about people who are overly smart and they don't ever start because they're constantly thinking. There's also those people who never see things through. I don't I don't know if that was your first point, but it's like they get so many ideas and like they're like very much like you what you call the zero to one entrepreneur or I guess, you know, what got it from uh was it Peter Peter Thiel? Oh Thiel. How you pronounce it? Oh yeah. Uh, I, just I, think Thiel. That. I think it's Thiel. It's like this really rich guy and people are like, You can't even say this billionaire's name right. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. He'll be saying my name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sorry, you're rich. I should know who you are. I don't. I know the concept of your book, though. That would be more than most people. Yeah. So, like, zero to one entrepreneur is someone who can, like, really start a bit, basically an idea person who can start something and, and move it in a direction. And then, like, then you have the the one to 500 entrepreneur, which is what Cody is. And he's, like, a very systematic person, puts systems in place and, and creates things for scaling. And that's what really takes the business off. And, and, I am a, I am very much a zero to one. Like I I will get the ideas rolling, but I need Cody to, there to support certain ideas. But before Cody, I had a, like a lot of these ideas that I wanted. I still do that I want to get launching, but I have to also have him as support to be like, hey, we need to stay the course on this, and we need to scale this before we move on to anything else. There's another there's another uh, there's a landscaper who has like eight different businesses, and I don't think a single one of them are like super successful and. It's just because like he is also like a zero to one kind of guy and he needs someone in his organization that's a, a one to 500. But his ego is just so big that he there's no way that he would let someone in with with equal equity. And that's that's his prerogative. If he wants to do that, great. But at the end of the day, like you have to ask yourself, why are you starting this company? Do you have something to prove with your ego or, or do you want to make a lot of money? And if you bring in the right person, which is another podcast, but you can niche down, focus on what works, and you know, uh, I lost my train of thought, but keep your keep your eye <laughs> on the prize. That happens with zero to one entrepreneurs. <laughs> you lose you lose what you're thinking about mid sentence, and you're like, well, <laughs> there goes that business idea. That's true. You don't you don't get to decide what makes you money. I think that's important and very true. For people to accept and realize, like the market determines the viability of your business. We both have passions outside of business and work, and if they're hard to make money in, it's not a business. <laughs> and you don't get to you don't get to decide that. If you there's um what is it? Break your advertising by Eugene Schwartz. It says yeah, that two hundred dollar book that you want me to buy. <laughs> if you have to teach people about your market in order to sell your product, you're now in education, and that's not profitable. Marketing is capitalizing on existing demand. If you have to teach people about the demand for your product and your service, education is extremely expensive. Um, and that's what a lot of, so when you see these unicorn companies go through their rounds of investment and they've got millions and then become billions, and it's because they're trying to create something that isn't there yet. They're moving culture and society in a direction to create a demand for something that isn't, and, and that's why they need funding. You're going to sink a lot of money in hopes that this will get this giant return later. But if you're bootstrapping, you don't have that luxury and you'll go broke. Because the best thing you can do is just make money 
off of the mana it's there and that's what we do is we exploit it and this cash comes full circle with, with how we structure our services and that we'll talk about in um in the next episode which is education is very like top of funnel it's very like social media ads and then you have like if there's a demand for the service that's very like google oriented it's very like intent focused so focus on the intent first focus on what people are searching for and then educate the other company or the other uh, and the other mediums that you exist and you offer. Man, I think that's a great place to leave off for this episode. What do you Wrapped think? Up number two. Yeah. yeah. Good with me. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, guys, thanks for listening uh, to our second episode. Uh, we don't have a really good closer yet, so I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get like really fancy in the future and add it in. Or maybe we won't. But... That's it. Just <laughs> cheers. See you. All right, see you guys. <laughs>